It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare is proud and excited about the opening of their new $40 million Neurology Orthopedic Rehabilitation and Community Wellness Center. The 115,000 square foot facility will feature the first 3T MRI in the area. The three-story building will provide area residents a medically based wellness center featuring nutritional counseling and group fitness classes among other offerings. Memorial Healthcare's new facility will include locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and a whole lot more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 213 of the three-point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare. The NBA playoffs are underway. The USFL made its return and the Tigers are taking on the Yankees. And hopefully you had a great Easter holiday. I know you did, Matt, right? (laughs) I did, yeah. I was going to say before, I know Jared's got to jump into something, but I don't know if we need to bury the lead, but you guys up in Michigan, a little under the weather. This is that weird time in Michigan where it seems like it's turning to spring, but we always get that one last push of winter up and down temperatures. You guys got a little bit of cold. I, I was saying, you know, we, we talk about maybe moving back to Michigan at some point, but after coming back from the beach, it's still in the 70s. I don't you guys aren't selling it very well. It still no. looks like it's winter up there. This is going to be a hell of a spring. Spring's already almost gone, and we've we got snow on the ground still. It's ice cold. My allergies have been acting up for what feels like three weeks now. Uh, I can hardly talk. I sound nasally. It's It's been horrible, man. Yeah, so, like-, like you said, before you decide to freaking pack up your bags and move, man, maybe we should just, like, lock you in, like, a ice uh, container or something just to <laughs> kind of see if you really, really want to do this. Yeah, it no, is yeah. funny, real quick before you jump in, Ted. Wait, my daughter, you know, she's, um, I mean, she was born in Connecticut, but she's basically lived here in North Carolina her whole life. And when we've talked about moving back to Michigan, we're like, I don't know if she could handle it because down here, like, if it gets to be mid 30s or down around 30 in snow, she's like, it's too cold. You know, she doesn't want to go outside. And we're like, <laughs> I don't know. If she, I mean, she would adjust, obviously, but we're like, I don't know if she could handle Michigan winters. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I guess to, the, the big selling feature is a family, though. That's the, oh well, yeah that, yeah. that tops it all, you know. And you guys, and to be close, oh, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yippee yippee. Um, what else gonna throw off for my uh, catch up portion? And I've actually had this stored. This this is uh, and Matt probably noticed this. This is actually it, it pertains to Matt. Matt's TikTok page. I <laughs> recently stumbled across it maybe uh, like three weeks ago, and I have I've had it written down in my notes every week to mention it and catch up. But for whatever reason, I keep forgetting. It's a classic follow, and I mean that sincerely. It's a very niche following that you go after, Matt. It's basically like Fye employees from like 2000 to 2007, and like like uh, sports like TV people. So it's a very niche following you cater to, but. I gotta say, man, there's there's some funny ones on there, and I don't know if maybe we need to plug in a couple of these like screen recordings of, of those TikToks <laughs> that you posted, but I'm getting a kick out of them. So I just wanted to let you know I'm a fan. I, I appreciate it. I'm I'm trying to build a following. Uh, it's it's tough to find the time to actually do it because I could whip these together, but you guys know, I, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna half-ass anything. So right. actually finding time to redo it, edit it, make it actually good. It takes a little bit of time. It, it actually takes some effort. So I've got a list. And I, I've got, you know, you got the notes <laughs> app on your phone. I have a list, probably like 25 ideas of when I actually like have a day, I'm going to try and knock out like three so I can just go one. After I, I one personally after love one. the FYE ones. Uh, for, for, for those who don't know, that's where you worked uh, when you were in college. It's like yeah. uh, basically a discs uh, video game store, I think, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have like a uniform, I think, from when you were there. And then it's t- funny how TikTok works where you can like basically like Photoshop like a mall behind you or like a FYE side. I don't know. I, there, there's really no nothing to nowhere to go with this on the podcast. I just I felt the need to put it on record that they're cracking me up, man. So I appreciate it. Uh, you know, that that actually makes me want to keep going now because sometimes, <laughs> you know, I, I, I post one that I'm like, this is hilarious. And then it gets like 100 views. And I'm like, well, maybe I need to back off like, this. But. Like I said, I think it's a very niche pod, like a very niche group of, yeah. like you said, probably only a hundred people. But I'm <laughs> a part of the hundred, so I'm I'm appreciating that. Love it. I'm gonna have to check it out. I've seen some of your drops where they, they just pop up on my feed. You know, where you're dancing with a wife and a daughter and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. But I have to check out your actual TikTok site. It sounds pretty good. No, they, I, they, I always tell them they, they humor me. Like I'll, I'll see like one of the trending things or something and I'll get them in on it. My daughter loves to do it, but yeah, you know, they, they humor me. I, I, I appreciate it, it. Is your, like, is TikTok already reaching like your daughter's age, like that age group are, are they already kind of caught up in it? Because I tell you what, man, it, everywhere I look, kids my age, kids younger than me, it's like the new, and here's what pisses me off about it. TikTok is not like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram where it's just like, you know, a static image or whatever and there's no sound. TikTok is like your volume is up on your phone. Everybody in the room around you can hear it. And I'm just I'm like not in the whole TikTok verse. I'm very rarely am on it. I think you're the only person I follow on there. <laughs> it's just a whole feed of Matt's videos on mine. <laughs> and it just drives me crazy, man, because every room I'm into, even my parents are on TikTok now. And it's just like I need to like shut this app down because, <laughs> or I just need to get with the wave and become glued to my screen and watching these because man, even if you're not the one on TikTok, it, it totally encapsules a whole room. If you're in a room with somebody watching it. So I hate it. To answer your question. No, she's in kindergarten. So not yet, but that, <laughs> that being said, it's probably not far away because she, they use tablets every day in school and, and she knows how to use like the Disney now app, YouTube kids, and all the other ones. Yeah. So 
you know, it's probably not far away, um, which is kind of like crazy to think about, but it is. I mean, there's obviously a lot of garbage on there, but Ted, you're on it now. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Th- there's actually like, it's, there's some funny people out there. I mean, I appreciate your, your compliments, but there's some people that I like literally laugh out loud at their yeah. videos. Like there's some funny stuff. No, I wouldn't know how to even, I mean, I know how to watch the videos on there, but how do you produce it? I mean, how, how do people do it? Do they do it on their phone? Do they do it on their computer? How, how do they put those? Riveting. <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, you can do actually like the, like making the videos on TikTok, like the actual app uh-huh. is pretty good. You can do quite a bit of stuff on there. Okay. Like Jared said, the, the green screen, um, you know, you can do. <laughs> That's like what makes the videos, man. It's like your facial reactions and the green screen behind it. It's just, yeah. That's all it needs to make me laugh. It's fun, and so you can do quite a bit on the app. Now, I I usually edit this stuff myself. Like I'll mm-hmm. shoot stuff and then edit it in um, an editing program, and then post it on TikTok. But yeah. um, you know, you you can do quite a bit in the app, and it's like it's one of those things. I put it off. I wish because I feel like it was right before. Uh, or right during quarantine, you know, 2020 COVID is when all of a sudden TikTok, everyone, it just started showing up everywhere. And for, it was one of those things for the longest time. I was like, I'm not getting on there. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm above TikTok. I'm too cool or whatever. And then I started watching them and start, started getting some ideas. And I was like, you know what? I might have a little fun with this. That's the thing. I just have fun with it. I don't, right. you know, I'm not trying to become like a, a millionaire off of TikTok. It's just kind of fun. Well, you guys are the younger generation, you know, and I, my go-to is Twitter. I like Twitter the best. I mean, I use Facebook. We have a Fatel family page where we post pictures from throughout the family. You know, we don't put it out there in the Facebook world. And pretty much everything I post is on the family page unless I reply to somebody. But I like Twitter. It's nice, simple. When you're watching a live uh, ball game, basketball, football, baseball, whatever, it's kind of neat to just at the dead breaks, look at your Twitter feed, see what's going on with people. Uh, is, is that more popular, Popular, you think, guys, than TikTok or Instagram? Yeah, or is well, Instagram say, how is it frustrating to you that, and this is probably anyone your age, you're better at you know technology than most people, that as soon as you mastered Twitter. Look at Matt laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to make the point, like once you mastered Twitter, other right. stuff came up. So ah, gotcha. That's probably the case. Well, while while Jared is uh, hooking back up with us, you know, again, I want to mention Memorial Healthcare, our corporate sponsor. I mean, that's a that's a big big partnership with them. And we also want to thank our other spart our other partners, which include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Memorial Healthcare, as I mentioned, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and the Wash of Owasso. They got kind of a cool thing coming up where. Uh, it's kind of like a, a, a garage sale in the store, right? Yeah, I saw the ad and it, it was pretty cool. I mean, everyone's got closets and garage boxes and stuff You're for right. old clothes or kids' clothes or whatever. And you wonder what to do instead of taking it to Goodwill or one of those secondhand stores or something. Sign up at the wash and you can be, like you said, basically set up a, a booth, you right. know, a garage sale at the wash and promote it to the town or whatever. People can come buy stuff. It is kind of cool. The, the, I'm not in Owasso, and I don't know the last time that I've used a laundromat, but the wash is something really cool going on. Like if that's, you know, some people, that's what they do. They use laundromats or whatever. So um, it, it is a really cool town or a really cool service they have going on. Especially because well, really they, uh, you know, they'll come pick up your laundry here. for you. 
That's right. But, uh, you know, we don't talk about it enough. Uh, the, the sponsors we do have. I mean, we have a really great cast of partners here on this podcast. I mean, we got one of the best restaurants and, and bars around and rivals. Obviously, the top notch, uh, top of the top of the line funeral home in Nelson House. No question about that. Jim Woodworth and his crew at Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Uh, Troy Crow and his gang at Crow Real Estate and Auction. I mean, we got a nice little mixture of sponsors that we probably don't talk enough about, but uh, we really do appreciate them on board. And like I mentioned, Memorial Healthcare. I can't wait to start getting into some more details on the new health center they have there, you know, with the, the running track around that and all the, all the gear to work out in, you know, our family, Matt, Jared, <laughs> you're not in the contest, but we're in a little weight loss contest up until the end of July. And part of that obviously is cutting back on calories, but actually, you know, move a little bit more. <laughs> I, 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 I've heard about this new wellness center. I'll, I'll be honest. It sounds freaking awesome. And I, I would have said that before they became, they came on as a sponsor. Uh, it just, it was kind of spelled out to me by you guys and our entire family at the old Eastern brunch. It, it sounds freaking awesome. And especially in today's day and age where you can't go to planet fitness or wherever without, you know, being on camera because, you know, some girl or some guys like recording some workout video, this sounds mm -hmm. like the perfect laid back, uh, clean, like just perfect setup, uh, to get an alternate to like your typical planet fitness type place. So it sounds incredible. And you know, and guys sounds... my age, if they're if I'm on a workout machine and have a little health issue, they can take care of me right there. <laughs> you're right. Shuttle you right, right over to the hospital. Right next to the hospital. Yeah. That's kind right. of nice. And it, it's something that Owasso needs too. I feel like, I mean, you mentioned planet fitness or what, well, I think there was a snap fitness there. I don't know if that's still around, but yeah, no more. Yeah. You know, the YMCA there. I mean, I think, we all know it's pretty limited or whatever, but mm -hmm. so Owasso's just needed something like this for a while. Cause I mean, down here in, in a lot of other cities too, but down here, YMCA's are huge. Like the one that we go to, it's probably going to be comparable to that one. It, it's huge pools, indoor, outdoor pools, tracks and basketball, yeah. you know, it's just like a huge, huge place. So, you know, the community appreciates that. So hopefully Owasso supports it and I'm, I'm sure they will. This is, yeah, absolutely. This is sort of an off-the-wall question, but this is probably more for you, Ted. Okay. Did the YMCA really used to be, you know, everything it's cracked up to be in that, like, song? I mean, they must have been pretty awesome back in the day for them to come out and make a song about it. I, or is it never really been as good as – it's more nostalgia than anything. And, you know, I have a soft spot for the Owasso YMCA. I mean, I after I, I got done playing high school sports, you know, I, I used to go there – uh, after work and and play pickup basketball at the Y and, you know, played against the Wasso guys and stuff and made some good connections in city league basketball. So it's got a soft spot for me. And also back in the day, I think they still have them there. Racquetball was big and uh, they had three, I think three racquetball courts in the basement there. And that, that was kind of fun to play when I was younger. So, you know, when you hear the song YMCA in, in bigger towns, I mean, they actually have uh, rooms they rent out as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they have this this one. I mean, they have, it has school. There's actual schools at ours. So, like, you can take your kids and mm -hmm. there's, there's CrossFit and, you know, there's fitness classes. And so it, it is pretty legit. There used to be that YWCA, too, in a while. So I know that I don't think that ever really was as big as the YMCA. But I was going to ask your uh, your um, your um contest with your family. Yeah. 
I'm trying to remember the date. Does that lead right up to the family reunion? So you guys it, are all trying to trim up right before the reunion? Yeah, that's when the big reveal is going to happen. We're actually <laughs> we're, we're we're weighing in uh, that week and then uh, handing out the money at the family reunion. So that's how that's it cool. all worked out. If I, I mean, def, definitely had to wait till after Easter because I made a pig of myself. You know, I shouldn't say anything because I didn't join this contest because I knew I probably wouldn't lose any weight. But I'm still gonna say something. Okay. The winner of this broadcast or the, of this challenge, I'm gonna guess like the total pounds lost will be like five pounds. So <laughs> <laughs> this whole big, you know, they spend all the time sending the emails, you know, setting the plans, doing this, doing that. How many how many pounds will actually be lost? I bet five. Oh, you're gonna be shocked. There's gonna be gonna way say, more than that. Way more than that. It's it, it, it's pretty impressive if you just cut calories and like you said, Ted, just move. Go right. for some walks. Yep. You can trim up pretty quickly. I mean, this is the easy part. The speaking it and, you know, <laughs> right. set up plans, you know, just like the funniest thing I saw. And this is a move I'll pull from time to time. You know, the diet starts tomorrow was in full effect <laughs> on the Easter brunch on Sunday. You know, Ted's grabbing chocolate chip cookies on his way out. He's got kolaches. <laughs> making the comment, oh, well, uh, you know, tomorrow it starts. So I just thought I got a kick out of that as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm open for a side bet anytime, Jerry. <laughs> No, it's fair. And that's what I mean. I, that's why I started by saying I shouldn't say anything, but I'm going to say something regardless. Okay. That's fair enough. It's well, good this to is going to be kind of a potpourri type of podcast tonight. You know, we got into some interesting stuff already. Uh, we never know what we're going to talk about usually uh, when we turn the microphones on. Yeah, I didn't uh, know my TikTok page was going to get some love. Exactly. Know. Right. So well, I guess you never I know where we're really going to go. Need, you need to pipe in a few of them videos, uh, <laughs> at least in the video uh, portion of this, because they're worth a watch. The one I'll say for sure, the Creed uh, FYE. <laughs> and that's just a little tease for later. The Creed FYE video. I've got, I've got like five, that. I've got like five ideas for that. So, and just, <laughs> just feel like, uh, inside baseball, it's, it's, uh, I used to have my FYE shirts, but I got rid of them. I don't know. Sometime I printed off the FYE logo and I tape it to a gray polo. <laughs> that I have, so, yeah. yeah, that, that works a hundred percent. Well, you know, we're going to get to, uh, the rest of the podcast and I, I want to talk a little USFL if you guys don't mind right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, it kind of was shades of 1983 with the Michigan Panthers on Sunday. The only drawback was, I mean, there was absolutely nobody in the stands. It was entertaining enough to watch, you know. I know it was Easter Sunday. The weather was crappy. Uh, It's the Michigan Panthers, and all the games in the regular season are being played in Birmingham. But, you know Alabama. 
Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for the first day, I didn't think it was too bad. You know, it was interesting to, to, to me anyway to see what Shea Patterson could do. He played pretty well in the second half. Uh, it's football. Is it gonna is it gonna grab me week in and week out? I'll watch the Panthers, but I won't watch much else of the rest of the league. Probably. I, what do you guys think? Who's clamoring for this? I. It's why is there a new goddamn football league every year? And they're all like the basically the same problems. You know, janky technology. Uh, teams aren't very good. The football sucks on the field. The there's no one in the stands. No one to get excited about. Like, wh- why do we keep bringing these back? I, like, I think people look at the USFL from, what was it? Yeah, like you said, 1983 with Trump and everything. It, yeah, right. no wonder it worked because there was five channels on and there was nothing else to watch for people. So whatever you put on the screen on television was going to do some numbers and ratings and make some cash. It's and not like paid, it anymore. Yeah, they paid big money, this. too. They paid big contracts. Right. I just, why, who was like, does anyone really love football that much? where you're dying to watch this USFL league, basically a minor league. I just saw a clip yesterday where a guy, a running back on team was like a former Michigan running back actually was cut from his uh, USFL team because he basically said to the coach, like, Hey, do we have anything other than uh, chicken salad for like dinner? I kind of want pizza. Like you guys are having, and he got cut for it. It's just like, I, I just don't understand the constant push to make these leagues because they fail every single time. And from what I saw opening weekend, the fact you couldn't even get a sta- a fan in the stands on opening weekend shows me this is going to fail as well. Yeah, I, I think obviously football has taken over Ted's America's pastime. You know, is it's not baseball anymore. I think football is the the most popular sport in the country. But I think like it's so hard to be better than college football and the NFL. That that's a, like the XFL, USFL, all these other leagues. What was that one? The the American Alliance League or whatever oh, that yeah. one was for. Who watched that? Like, yeah, don't. I, th- I think the big thing you hit on is like two things: the technology. I mean, the NFL and college football is the like most the best produced sports. You know that you can watch from your house. You know, Teddy always talk about you got your big flat screen in your man cave. It's Absolutely. the best thing you can watch. You watch some of these other broadcasts and it's just like, what is this, 1983? Are we going way back to that? And then the talent. Like, yes, you realize when you watch these games why these guys did not make the NFL. Like, you, I mean, we all like Shea Patterson or whatever, but there's a reason he's not on an NFL roster. And I honestly think, too, you, you will have some fans. As much as people love football, I think they want a little bit of a break sometimes. Like, it is kind of nice from, like, March to, you know, july you kind of maybe put football on the back burner except for like the nfl draft you know it's kind of nice to get a little break from football and then you know come august you're all in on football for the next six months or whatever so they're never going to work the one that does is the cfl the cfl is established it has its niche audience you know up there in canada you can go up there and actually have like a, a solid professional career like that's you know like for professional basketball you go overseas to italy or wherever you know, you can go do that. The CFL is fine. If you if you want don't want to go to the NFL, go to the CFL. These other yeah, ones aren't going to work. The USFL is not going to work in this this no. rendition just because a lot of reasons you brought up and the fact the original they t- they paid big money, they stole NFL talent to play in the USFL, and it, it, it's never going to work. And the way that the sports seasons have now changed. I mean, it's it's just incredible for the real sports fan that likes all sports 
maybe other than hockey. I, I like hockey, but I'm not, none of, none of the three of us are just geared into hockey, but I mean, the USFL is going to go up against the NBA playoffs. No way. Yeah. And this is really when I start watching the NBA really yeah. heavy duty. And, you know? it, and the NFL is like, I mean, I feel like the NFL season hasn't even ended. It's like, there's a new free agent or uh, like Adam Schefter type news, like every day, it seems yep. like. Uh, and then we have the NFL draft, which t- right is, like, is taking us all the way up through April. It's just, I just don't understand it. I, like, believe me, I wish it would work. I just don't ever see how it could work. And that's what's sad about it. I mean, I think it's a money grab. You know, people are probably like, hey, maybe this will be the time that the USFL catches on and we make a little bit of money. I think that's a big part. Your your point, Ted, it's kind of like, uh, what was it, the ABA? Like yeah. back in the day, like they actually paid professionals pretty well. So they would pull people away from the NBA. If you if you're not going to pay these guys a ton of money, they're not going to they're not going to try and stick it out in the USFL. I think that's a big part. If you want to pay some dudes a ton of money, say like a Colin Kaepernick, you know, something like that, you might go play in the USFL. But if you're not going to pay them, they're not going to do it. They have some. They have a couple of unique things that I thought has potential, and that's more on the technical aspect. Uh, the broadcast, you know, with the live microphones. I mean, they had two players were going at it on the same team on the sidelines, and they were mic'd up. That was kind of intriguing to watch. Part of the problem was, though, they had all these live mics, you know, and the field mics really up there. You hear the quarterbacks calling out every play at the line of scrimmage, but then you got the the play by play guy and the color guy talking over them. You know, and it yeah. that was a bit annoying. Yeah. That was something that, uh, you know, I, I, that was kind of not eye-opening in a way, but also just kind of cool to see is, you know, when we're, doing, when we're in the truck for the, you know, the high school basketball state finals and we would have this, this cam and we'd have all the coaches mic'd up and we would go into the huddle and, like, listen to the coach. And it's kind of like, you know, just let the announcers lay out because mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome when you get that, that type of up-close look and you just want to listen to what the coach is saying or what the players are saying mic'd up. No, I think more sports need to do that. We, we're seeing it more on baseball where they're putting, them, putting the mics on the players in the field. But that's one thing I would say the NFL, I mean, they're so careful with their branding and their logo and protecting, like, their players where even those, like, NFL mic'd up, uh, like clips that they release are like the most like PG rated things that you've ever seen. So maybe it will never happen. And the NFL has no reason to do it. I mean, we're all going to watch it anyway. Uh, but that would be awesome as well. If, if we did get more of that in the NFL too. No, I've, I've always said, and I've tweeted it a hundred times and I say it all the time. I would pay a lot of money if they put the NBA on pay-per-view, if they had to HBO, whatever, basically what the USL was trying to do, but, usfl is trying to do but don't do the play-by-play only mic up players and coaches so you can watch an nba game and just listen to steph curry and clay thompson talk to each other listen to all the trash talk listen to draymond just talk the whole time i would pay you know whatever 120 bucks for a series or you know whatever it would be because i think that would be super cool now that would be a niche thing but it's also what you said jared i don't think the nba or nfl would ever do that because um i mean we all know the stuff that's said on a court or on the field, they don't want out in public. And one thing cool that behind the scenes, kind of what you were talking about, Jared. So for these NBA games that we do, you know, for ESPN, ABC, you know, whatever, there's that it's called wired yep. where they'll like come back from a break. And it's like, let's do go to this wired with, uh, you know, Mike Malone, mic'd up or, you know, Ty Lue mic'd up, you know, whatever it is. There's someone like, that's what they do for the whole game. They, they listen to the wired and then they have to sell it to the producer. Hey, I got, I put together this cool thing. And it's funny, sometimes like, you know, in, in a break after second quarter, halftime, you know, whatever, the producer will be like, hey, you know, say Matt, whoever, 
um, do you have anything for wired? And it'll be like, no, there's nothing clean. Like it's just right. F-bomb after F-bomb after F-bomb. It's like, I can't like piece anything together. So, um, you know, there's that whole thing, but I would love it. I, I would, I would love to watch a game like Rasheed Wallace back in the day, just oh. up for a whole game. It would have been great. Yeah. That would have been just Speaking watching that of, whole uh, fans and uh, the players on the court and their actions. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Ted, I know you love this. I already know you love it. I don't even, I haven't seen anything that makes you say that, but uh, to lay the kind of the lay of the land, Kyrie's going back and forth with the Boston Celtics fans. I mean, he flipped them off. He said a whole bunch of stuff, basically doesn't want to be called. Uh, I'm not even going to say it on this uh, few different expletives. I love this, man. It's the perfect mix of, you know, he's going after the Celtics fans. He's being a good sport about it. The Celtics fans are giving it right back to him. You know, it's got the whole buildup of their entire history together. I mean, the way I look at it, I don't understand why the NBA is even finding this guy for this. They find him $50,000 today. I understand, you know, you can't be flipping off fans, but that's why. Man, if you really want to build this sport and make things really interesting and bring back, you know, Ted, like you'll say the bad boys or, you know, the, that whole generation in the 80s. I mean, Kyrie's doing it right now. And hats off to Kyrie. This is something that if you would have told me that this was going on, you know, a month ago, I would have said, oh, he's going to like be like losing his mind about this. But he's being a good sport about it. He's saying, you know, it's the playoffs. F that. You know, let's, let's go back and forth. So as long as the fans do not, you know, cross a racist line or anything else that's super inappropriate. I mean, I think this is this is absolutely incredible. And you're lying if this Celtics and Nets series hasn't completely stolen the show for round one. Uh, it, it could be the best series of the entire playoffs, let alone round one. I'm curious what Ted Ted thinks because you know the kind of the, the older school guy. Do you like? Do you think fans can? I mean, obviously they can cross a line, but do you do you like fans? Like you know, Kyrie the the whole thing Jared's talking about. He was basically right in the the crowd. Do you like fans being able to just yell whatever they want and like Kyrie can't even flip them off? You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a really good question. I I don't think fans should yell whatever they want, especially when it's over the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to taunt a guy or make fun of an air ball, that type of yeah. stuff. But uh I I I'm I have second thoughts about flipping off fans though. I mean, you don't want to instigate right, you know, another brawl in the palace, you know. I mean, if 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 everybody can be cool, okay. And I agree with Jared. I mean, it's it's definitely created more interest in this series than it had great interest to begin with, but I, I don't know. I don't do it. I mean, here, I, when I go to here, a game, I'm not taught in the other, other players. I have no problem with fans yelling at players. Like if they're saying stuff like you suck or what, if it's all about their play on the court, right. I think that's a hundred percent fair game. That's like okay. why when, when Russell Westbrook was like acting like the world was ending around him because guys were calling him Westbrook. It's like, that, there's nothing, there's nothing even that wrong with that. I have no problem with fans saying he sucks and doing all, and doing all that sort of thing. It's it's basketball. It's it's what they signed up for. Kids deal with that in high school from student sections. These guys in the NBA can't. It's it just comes with the territory. Yeah. Right. Are then, you okay? Then, then there is a line. There are you okay with the player though flipping them off? Or I, it wasn't like the fans. The fans were loving it as much as he was. The they were laughing, clapping. Like, if okay. anything, that that made them like feel even better. There's a, yeah. there, I'm fine with Kyrie. That's a lot better than what Bridges, uh, Miles Bridges did the other day walking out of the arena, throwing a mouth guard. Ky, yeah. What Kyrie Irving did, it didn't even seem like he was upset. It was more like he was kind of just having fun. Yeah. Like, does anyone really get upset about getting flipped off? Like, really? <laughs> it's almost well, kind of funny. more importantly, Kyrie Irving's a hell of a player. He oh, can, yeah. He is good. <laughs> it's incredible. If, if he can just play, 
Obviously, yeah. now he can play all the time. There was a the whole drama with him. That series, though, I mean, there there are some good series in, in these playoffs. The Hawks and Heat are playing right now. That looks like it's going to be a good one. And there's a bunch of other ones. I don't know about you guys, but uh, one, because obviously the Lakers aren't in it, Pistons aren't in it. This no. this Warriors team, Jared's, Jared's Golden State Warriors, they just look like they have the potential anyway to make a run to the finals again with – Draymond's back. Steph's just out of control. Clay's actually healthy. Jordan cool. Poole is just, he can't miss right now. That team is so fun to watch. Did anyone see this coming from Jordan Poole? No. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I, I thought mean, he'd be at best like a 10th, 9th guy on the bench of an NBA team. I never, never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams saw this coming. We, he had the shot, you know, so we knew he had some balls, uh, that big shot he hit against Houston. But I, who the hell could have saw this coming? I mean, maybe not to this extent, but you could see the potential. He could shoot. He was crazy athletic because he was dunking on dudes. I, I think it was all about, like, could it all come together? And then the big thing, he got drafted by the perfect team yeah, yeah to right. go play for Steve Kerr, and he got to just sit behind Steph and Clay for a couple years. People don't like him, but Draymond is an incredible NBA player. You know, he's he can just, like, sit back. And he, I mean, they've, they've even got Andrew Wiggins, you know, who's a good player, like, so, uh, yeah, Jordan Poole, I, the one thing I hope, and at some point he's going to want to get paid, he's going to want to, you know, get his money. I'd be curious if he goes to, like, you know, who knows, the Kings or something to get that max deal to be, like, the guy right. and, you know, see, like, what happens there. Because getting to play behind Stephen Clay and, you know, just kind of be that third option, that's pretty nice. Yeah, and they're not going to be playing forever either, you know. Right. They're not they're not young kids themselves. I mean, he's in a great situation there. I mean, who wouldn't yeah. want to play for the Warriors right now? And and you know, you you talked about uh he's he's learning behind these guys, but he also had his opportunity to play yeah. because of right. some injuries, you know. And, right. I mean, coming now two game first two games of playoffs 30 and 29, that's not bad. Not, not bad. bad. No, this the series that that has a makings to be all time if the two teams do end up meeting up, it's going to be Suns versus Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I think the Warriors will get by the Grizzlies. I think the Suns are going to roll through everybody until they get to Golden State. So I think it's all but going to happen. That's going to be incredible. I mean, you have one, you have the rivalry between Steph Curry and, and Chris Paul. You have Draymond who brings that intensity to every single series. You have my personal fandom. So I'm personally going to be watching on the edge of my seat every single game for Chris Paul to finally pull through. I mean, are you guys, who would you guys say is your kind of like dog in the fight? Uh, one between those two teams, and then like the rest of the playoffs. Do you guys have a fan that you're rooting for or a team that you're rooting for? Excuse me. I'm, I'm liking the Warriors. I, I do like watching them play. I, yeah, I'm rooting for Suns Warriors. Hopefully everyone's healthy. No one gets hurt. Fully healthy. That'd probably be one of the best series of the year. I, I have teams that I don't want to win. <laughs> I don't like the Sixers because I, you know, you guys know I don't like James Harden, mm -hmm. and I just I hope they get bounced and just we can laugh at that again. There's James Harden. Um, other than that, you know, I'm just kicking back because you know, like I said, my my teams aren't in it, so I just want to watch. I do like I like watching Luka Doncic. I yeah. hope he he's a little banged up right now, um, so hopefully he can come back. I like watching watching him play. He's just so fun to watch. But I don't know, I don't know if the Mavs are going to do much. Maybe they get past the first round, but. I don't know if they got much else, but otherwise I'm just enjoying it. I love the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Well, me too. And I mean, I was watching PTI tonight and it, it, it kind of caught me by surprise. I should be more up to date on it, but you know, Miami, they're the number one seed in the East. <laughs> People forget about that. You know, yeah. the bucks, they're going to be right there also, you know, so oh, yeah. it, it's a great time of year to be a basketball fan. 
another thing I want to ask you, we, we lost Jared again. He'll be back, but um, cause I was going to ask you something, uh, Ted. Yeah. You, you brought up the bucks. Mm-hmm. If you just took Giannis Antetokounmpo, plopped him in 1965, 1970 NBA, <laughs> they would think this dude is an alien, wouldn't they? Like, oh yeah. Someone of his size, strength, speed, he can actually shoot now. Right. Now, you know, he, he's obviously one of the best in the league, but now, you know, there's a bunch of guys kind of like that. But if you just took him, because think about like what, like Bill Russell or some of these dudes were like Will Chamberlain, you know, just dominated. But Giannis is just like on another level. I just that's think who I would that. that's who I would compare him to if you did go back to that era is Wilt Chamberlain. He was so much more physical of a specimen than anybody. <laughs> I mean, he averaged 50, uh, 50 points one year with 30 rebounds a year. Think about that. It's insane. It was insane. And, you know, uh, the Greek freak would fit right in there and be that kind of player. But Wilt's the only guy from that whole era that you could even put on that plane, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Now, obviously, the whole debate, like I always, I I love these kind of debates, like eras in the NBA. Right. You know, put Wilt Chamberlain, as good as he was, in today's fitness, nutrition, uh, workout regimens, all that. Maybe he'd be like Giannis, but you know, that's, that's a whole other debate. Yeah. That's, that's, I guess, you know, we might as well dive into it. That's the thing that I'm the first guy to to crap on the older generations, but that's just because it's like, there's, we didn't know any better. They didn't know any better. All they did was like push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The basketball had like basically just been invented. So you can't really fault them for not being as good. It's, it's when people try to make the argument that like, like you said, like a man, like you could say that same exact thing you just said about Giannis, Matt. That oh, let's drop him in, you know, nineteen sixty, and there'd be a big percentage of basketball fans who would act like it wouldn't even be different. A lot yeah. of them are probably more like Ted's age. Uh, it's when people say stuff like that that I have a problem with it. I have no problem giving people credit. I mean, Will Chamberlain, I've been falling in love with these like recent nineteen seventies like retro Twitter accounts that have been yes. popping up all over the place because there's cool pictures of Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain almost every day posted on those things. One, they were freaking huge. Will Chamberlain especially. And there's something about like the tinge on old school photos that I love. Uh so no, I'm not gonna totally shit on you know the old older generations. They did lay the groundwork and they definitely was some freaking ballers back in the day. I mean Bob Cousy, Jerry West, guys who Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, so I can't totally crap on them at all because I couldn't play in that generation. It, it was still, it was good games, you know? Right. It, the skill level may not have been where it's at nowadays because the, these NBA players, and you watch these playoffs, they're, I mean, they're freaking amazing. I mean, it's just unbelievable <laughs> how good they are. Is the they NBA playoffs the your guys' favorite? Um, I, I kind of came to this this realization recently. I think it's my favorite playoffs of any sport. March Madness is the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But when you really boil down March Madness, it's like four days. You know, opening weekend is really what people love about March Madness. We could honestly probably go without the rest of the tournament and we wouldn't really notice too much. Um, so I think the NBA, just because one, it's we have these awesome series that players really do play their balls off and you notice it and the I refs let them play. And that's maybe the best thing about this opening weekend. It's kind of like a wake up call every year when you realize, oh, these refs really do let them play. Uh, and it's like, it's basketball how it's supposed to be played. It's perfectly done. Uh, but then the fact that just the NBA playoffs, it seems like they last forever. I mean, they start in April. They don't wrap up until June. Games every night, three games every night. It's the best, in my opinion. I don't put anything else even close to it. NFL playoffs has its moments. 
but you can't put the whole body of work against the NBA playoffs. There's so many more games, so many more moments, just way better. Yeah, I'd have to agree, but I'm a big NBA fan. I know some people aren't, so, you know, maybe they lean towards NFL playoffs or even there's still some people who love baseball, I, I and I do still appreciate and love baseball, but, like, if the Tigers aren't in the MLB playoffs, I don't necessarily watch every pitch. But one one that does stand out, and it's when – the Red Wings are playing NHL playoffs are actually they are cool. fantastic just because of kind of what you said, the, how hard they play. Uh, it's like the stress level. It's kind of like baseball. Right. That, that was one thing I remember when the Tigers were in the playoffs. Oh my God. Every pitch you're just like, your heart is just like racing. So, but overall, yes, I would agree with you. Top to bottom NBA playoffs are tough to beat in my it, opinion. Yeah. I'd have to almost agree too. I guess for my, my, Viewing pleasure, though, March Madness, that three weeks tops them all. But for the long period of time, the NBA puts on a hell of a show. Uh, you also said something about uh, baseball and the Tigers. Cabrera just got another hit, so he's four away. Four away. He should it's do it, be the right? big topic down there in Bally's, oh, isn't it? It's The place is on fire about that right now. It's all hands on deck, to say the least. Uh, I mean, you, you guys put it in the middle of April when we have, you know, Red Wings going and the Pistons were going for a long time. That's just like the perfect storm uh but i bet you guys already awesome. have what do you guys already have like five essays and stuff cut for yes uh, when he yeah, actually there, there's a bunch like i think there's four in the works so as long as he doesn't go off today we should be in good shape and i'm good. like they're they're home for the next whatever yeah, seven games. games it's gonna six it's happening games. within a week he's, yeah. he's got two more games against the yankees and then another three game homestand against the rockies you gotta imagine he's hitting three thousand within a week and it's gonna I, i'm very curious to see we, we talked to, you know, Roger Castillo last week, you know, Tigers guy. And um, I'm, I'm curious to see when he does get 3,000, what kind of like coverage it gets nationally. Obviously, you you guys at Bally, that's going to be all right. you talk about for a week or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, like on, you know, whatever, on SportsCenter, on, fi- on, on the MLB network, on all the other like national shows, obviously that night it'll be a big deal. But I wonder if, you know, if, if that'll be it. And then they'll move on because it's, if if it is, it, it, I honestly think it's a shame because yeah. he is legitimately one of the best players ever, not just of you know this generation. He's one of the best players ever. Triple crowns, MVPs. He's won a World Series. People forget he won one with the Marlins. Yeah, he's made it. You know, made a couple other World Series. Um, Three thousand hits, five hundred home runs. I mean, he's done it all. <laughs> I mean, maybe outside of he hasn't won Gold Gloves, but. Well, the difference between the national coverage and the local at Bally's, it's it's pure and simple. It's Detroit, he doesn't play in Boston. He doesn't play in New York, you right. know. Yeah. If he did, he'd be getting that pub. Yeah, sure. that's what I guess is like kind of the it, – it, it, I mean, it's 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 not – I don't want to say it's his fault. It's kind of almost his, his, his doing because he just does not care about, you know, the publicity, the media. He just wants to play baseball, man. Right. Like I feel like he, I think if you asked him, he probably would rather hit. He probably would rather hit three thousand hits on the road just to just to avoid all the people you know staring at him, congratulating. Him. He hates it. I feel like he hates it. I really do feel that way. Uh, so it's kind of his part, uh, his fault in that sense. But also, it's just like man, just look at the stats. I mean, triple crown. I feel like that's just totally glossed over. That like a like imagine how big of a deal it was when Russell Westbrook had like the stupid triple double, basically meaningless. That triple crown is like the version of that except times ten. And it's like basically it happened and we forgot about it. Right. And the same thing you said, like when Jeter hit 3,000 hits, man, it was like, I swear to God, there was like a buildup to it for like three months. 
And then they talk about that stupid home run he hit for the next three months, the rest of the summer. It's just, it's a, it's BS. They don't talk about this guy as one of the true, true greats, not a hall of famer as one of the top, you know, 50 players that ever play the game because he's maybe even better than that. He's a stud, man. He oh, he's been doing it for 40 years. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think Roger pointed out, like he, he started out in the outfield. He went to first base, obviously he played third base, you know, when the Tigers picked up Prince Fielder went over and he played pretty well at third base. Wasn't so bad. like he, yeah, he, he's versatile. He's fun. I think a big thing, I mean, I wonder, you know, there, there's a language barrier and I think that's part of why he hasn't been in front of the camera a whole lot. So there's probably a lot of people who feel like they don't even know who Miguel Cabrera is. He's not out doing subway commercials or, you know, stuff like that. So maybe people just feel like they don't even know who he is or whatever, but so, yeah, I'm very curious to see when, when he hits that 3,000th, if it's just kind of a little footnote. Or yeah, if he gets... I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the ticker bar. Right. <laughs> well, one thing for sure, Bally's will cover it real well. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. look forward to that. Uh, let's see, anything else in this segment, guys, we want to get into on sports at all? No, no, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, the Tigers are, you know, hovering right around 500. Uh, nothing to really add to the report. I mean, they've been battling injuries. I do worry yeah. about this season being like a season from hell. It yeah. just kind of has the makings of it with all these injuries we've been battling. Riley, first the Riley Green injury, Casey Mize now out, then Matt Manning out, Javier Baez missed time already. It's just I got a bad feeling in my stomach about these injuries because, you know, although they're all short injuries for now, who knows if they're going to linger. And especially for something like pitching, it's like if you have any sort of soreness or anything, it's like you're they'll shut you down for a year, especially the young yeah. arms like Matt Manning and Casey Mize. So I'm worried about the injury bug really catching this team. That's the only thing I really feel could derail it. And that's what we talked about last week with, with Roger Castillo is the Tigers, you know, like everyday lineup is good. There's not much depth, though. No, no. So if, if these injuries start to pile up, yeah, they're going to fall out of contention. But before we move on, I did want to ask Ted about this. You were talking about injuries. Jared, you talked about guys getting pulled, pitchers. So last week, you know, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going through seven innings and got pulled because he's on a pitch count right now because of, you know, some injuries. A perfect game, what, 20, 23 perfect games in the history of Major League Baseball. Ted, I can just see you shaking your head. This must just make your skin crawl. Like to to have a chance at history like that and to get pulled, eighty oh. pitches. I mean, what, yeah. what do you what do you think? I know Jared and I disagree on this, but I mean, I think <laughs> it's ridiculous that he got pulled out. Eighty pitches, uh, a perfect game, like you said, twenty three pitchers ever had done that. Yeah, I get it that he's on. You know, he's coming off an injury, and they're concerned about that, but. My goodness, my tweet that I had was, you know, Jack Morris. I usually don't like to dog on people, but he was, they were talking about it in the game. And Morris, he, he just kind of played it vanilla. And there's no way, like I tweeted, if Sparky came out there to pull him out of a perfect game, seven innings in, 80 pitches in, there's no way he would have left that mound. Why, why does it bother people that he, it's an individual award? This individual, Clayton Kershaw, is you know he's already gonna be in Cooperstown. He's already got his World Series. Already has you know this whole illustrious career. He doesn't give a shit about throwing a perfect game. Why do all these fans give a shit? You, why you, do you gotta be kidding me. If it doesn't bother him, why should it bother you? Well, how where do you get that it, that it didn't bother him that he didn't want a chance at a perfect game you don't just because he didn't make a big demonstration about it? Yeah, because he just 
It's like, all right. I, I just find it very hard to believe that they just sprung it on him in the, in the, after the seventh inning, like, Hey, you're done in the middle of a perfect game. I'm guessing there was some discussion that was had. Yeah. He probably agreed like, yeah, like, you know, maybe he had some shoulder soreness or, or whatever that said, you know, I don't need to chase this perfect game. Uh, and it, it's just, it's an individual award at the end of the day. I kind of respect that. He said, you know what? I don't care. We're winning a, we're trying to win a world series is, is me going another 40 pitches, uh, grinding, you know, on my very first start back from injury, going to win us a world series. No. Six outs, six yeah, outs, six outs. I, like this is definitely one of those that could go both ways because I'm, I'm yeah, he obviously <laughs> knew he was on a pitch count going into that start. But man, that's that's history, man. It's, especially for a pitcher, right? you know, he's he's got basically everything else on his resume. Right. If he could put a perfect game on his resume, you would put him up there as one of the best pitchers ever, or one of the left best left-handed right. pitchers anyway. I, so. Yes, it's an individual award, but baseball is like the one, like we just mentioned, Miguel Cabrera's triple crown. Like, let's just say, you know, that, that like you put that in his resume, that makes him like easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's pitch, pitching. It's a perfect game. I mean, there's people who are known just because of their perfect games. Like Dallas Braden basically had like no career except for that perfect game. Right. But, and then there's the, obviously the Armando Galarraga one that got ripped from him. 28 out perfect game. Right. So <laughs> I could see both ways because, right, you don't want him to hurt himself, go out there and blow his shoulder out again. But, man, here's what I would say. Here's how here's what would away. sell it to me, Matt. If he didn't have any shoulder discomfort, if he did not have any issues, he should have finished it out. That's yeah. that's my my viewpoint. I just think it's one of those like you always just I don't know. This is you always hear LeBron talk about like he knows his body better than anyone. So if the manager went out there and said, you you know what's going on. Do you feel okay to try and finish this game? The first hit you give up, obviously you're coming out. Right. You know, I wonder if Clay, if Kershaw would have been like, yeah, let me let me give this a shot. Or maybe, I don't think he, had, maybe he didn't have that chance, did he? I don't know. Maybe maybe he was in Jared's mindset and he said, you know, I don't really care about a perfect game. I don't know. Maybe he said maybe. that. I doubt Ted, it. But your generation, man, you guys are poisoned. All you give a shit about is these stupid – records and individual awards whereas the LeBron generation and these new guys they'll team up with their buddies they don't care about rivalries they just want to win well I'll take mine any day especially when it comes to baseball <laughs> and some of these all-time records and a chance to pitch a perfect game that doesn't come along that often you got to go for it in yeah, my opinion yeah so there we go. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious if he was given the option or if it was like, nope, 80 pitches, you're out. That's but what why, I would like to know, he, too. So why would he not be upset about it? If he if he wasn't given the option, I just don't wonder, like, it, I feel like it would be a big deal. Or he's just, like, that good of a teammate where he's just like, all right, I'm just not going to say anything to the press about this. I just don't care. It's that just, that it's could just, be part of it, too. He, may, he didn't want to show up as manager. You know? I think There's so. Like, I think that's yeah. definitely part of it. Yeah. He's always been a good teammate, right? Right. Yeah. I, Maybe. I don't know. I, it, it, what about you, the, Jared? What about if you were in that situation? You wouldn't give a damn? If I was pitching in my first game back from injury, I'm Clayton Kershaw. One, I love how you're acting like he's like basically going to get a freaking perfect game. The hardest part of a perfect game is those last two innings. That's for damn oh, sure. So yeah. the, the fact that you're just writing it off like he was going to get this perfect game is a little bit ludicrous. No, well, I, I think all, I would like to. I, I think said. I would like to go for it. Yeah. I do think I would, but I'm not going to fault a guy 
for one, because I do really do truly believe that he had some input in whether he was going to keep pitching or not. Because I think if he didn't, he would be a lot more upset post game, and he wasn't. It just it just came and went. He, yeah. No one really even cared about it other than the people outside of the Dodgers organization. Well, you know, as a fan, sometimes you throw the whole generation thing in there at me. But one of your greatest memories of Tiger baseball was seeing a Justin Verlander no hitter. What would you have thought he was if he was pulled out in the eighth inning of a no hitter? The game you were at, I didn't even know what the hell was going on. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew what happened. Maybe, That's fair. You know, ninth inning, couple outs left. Then I kind of understood what the hell was going on around me. But uh, no, I, yeah, probably would have bothered me when I was a little kid. But it's just it is what it is, and it, especially for a no hitter, I would have gave a lot less of a shit. Uh, gotcha. The reason. Maybe, it, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue when you say, like, oh, Justin Merlander clearly wasn't on a pitch count then. That was early in his career. I mean, he's still going. He's, he just had an eight-inning, eight zero, zero uh, earned run, eight-strikeout uh, game the other day. So, I, I don't know. It, it's to each his own. I understand the pitch restrictions, especially for a team like the Dodgers, where it's like, man, if you just stay healthy, you're probably going to win the World Series. Uh, but, no, definitely a little bit bizarre. But, again, I'm going to finalize by saying this yet again. He was not upset by getting pulled. So that makes me believe that this was partially his decision. Fair enough. We'll leave so. it there. Yeah. To tie it off real quick, a memory I have of a no hitter. Um, I haven't been at one in person. It is pretty cool. You were there for that, Jared. But um, when Johan Santana threw a no hitter for the Mets back in 2012, the, the Mets lone no hitter. Yep. I was I was working on that game for Sports Center and BBTN and everything. So I edited all the highlights for it. And I do remember he threw like, I mean, I could look it up. He threw like 140 pitches because he was going for a no-hitter. Mets had never had one. And his career was never the same after that. He ended up like he was hurt. And, uh, you know, people talked about that. Like he went for that no-hitter and he got it. And this was a no-hitter, not a perfect game. And um, his career was never the same. So there is that side to it. But Ted's generation, when guys didn't go on five days rest and, you know, Threw 140 pitches. Nolan Ryan threw 200 pitches every start and threw every day. You know they they wanted Kershaw to go. That's when baseball was king. Let's face it, guys. I mean, (laughs) baseball was a three hour or less ordeal. You went through two pitchers maybe in a game. I mean, the pace of the game was great. They got problems. They need to fix it. The intense generation, their careers were literally like a sip of water. They had like one contract <laughs> and then they were freaking out. So, so I just, let's just not take advice from this old old timer. Sorry, the game's passed you by, man. It's all money ball and analytics. You don't understand it. Oh my, we can, we can get a whole podcast into analytics and baseball, but we'll save that for another time. We're going to finish up the show strong, have a short edition of Tedertainment tonight, right after these words. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. 
The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as The Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso.com to view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the Wash of Owasso to our team. Memorial Healthcare has served the community for over a century. The main campus is in Owasso at 826 West King Street. Memorial Healthcare has a 161-bed facility with a medical staff of over 200 and over 1,400 employees. Memorial Healthcare is also a not-for-profit hospital governed by an independent board of trustees. With 26 satellite offices located throughout Shiawassee County, Memorial Healthcare continues to reach out to their patients in order to provide the very best in healthcare services. Memorial Healthcare is the sole hospital in Shiawassee County, serving a population of almost 70,000 with an expanded footprint in seven counties. For more details, go online at memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. All right, Jared, I'm going to tee one up here for you, okay? I know we talked about it a little bit on Easter. I don't know if Matt's had a chance to see any of winning time yet, but I want Jared to start out on your viewpoint of uh, the HBO uh, special series on the Lakers of Magic Johnson and Kareem and the Bunch. I love this show. Uh, And, Ted, you're one of the people that I'm going to start bitching about about this because it's annoying. I love the people that, you know, were super excited about this show coming out. You know, they knew everything about it. Adam McKay, John C. Riley. Um, Jason Seagal, all these like comedy actors put coming together to put this show together. And then when it aired, people were like, well, what the heck is this? This isn't realistic. This isn't what Jerry West was like at all. This isn't what uh, Jerry Buss was like. Magic wasn't this or that. They did. This was incorrect. This is historically inaccurate. What did you guys expect? What did you want? This is a Adam McKay project. It is clearly 100% based on a true story, not really following it that closely. Like I know Jenny Buss is basically portrayed as like a intern on the show when in actuality she was pretty much already calling the shots at that young age. Uh, I went to business school and everything. Uh, but no, the way I came into this show is I'm going to suspend my disbelief. I'm going to put myself in this almost like an alternate universe uh, of the Lakers Showtime dynasty. I'm going to laugh at, you know, how they have Pat Riley acting like he's basically scared to talk to anyone. They have Kareem acting like he was, you know, just such like an intellectual that like didn't give anyone the time of day. Magic Johnson's actor is great in there. Jerry Buss is, a, is another great character by John C. Riley. Yes, it's a little bit exaggerated. Almost everybody's character traits are like almost like turned up to 11 and exaggerated. But that's what makes a good show. And I really do think that they've done a great job of kind of encapsulating all these different elements from that Lakers dynasty and making a compelling storyline behind it, you know, with romantic, uh, you know, storylines to the side and everything else that they brought in. It's awesome, and it's not like the basketball scenes are blowing you away, you know, on the court. Yeah, they're somewhat realistic, and they at least, like, look good. Another thing that really helps this show is 
it just was like a season, a crazy season for the Lakers. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to, should I, should I say the Jack McKinney spoiler? Is that considered a spoiler or uh, I'm going to leave no, it. Let's just say something crazy happens to the Lakers coach, Jack McKinney, that forces him to have to sit out uh, for the rest of the season. It's hilarious or not even hilarious isn't the right word, but it's crazy looking back on it. What happened to that guy? Uh, but I just think it's it's a great show that if you don't take it too seriously, you're going to end up loving it. And, Ted, I, I have a feeling that you kind of went the wrong way with it where you thought this was going to be basically what, a documentary? I mean, what did you expect? I might I might surprise you with my response because um, I enjoy it too. It's, it's, it's way out there. <laughs> you know, the Adam McKay thing, I knew what I was getting because I I saw the, the movie, what was it, What's Don't Look Up. You right. know, it, it's satire. It's embellishing the facts. Um, and, and the difference between you and me, which, first of all, I'm going to say I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, not on the documentary style level, but the characters. I mean, John C. Riley and Jerry Buss, he's phenomenal. I mean, when I watched the first two episodes, though, boy, I thought, man, you guys are just hammering Jerry West. I mean, I. <laughs> I mean, he, didn't he? Didn't they portray him as like the the dumbest, most biggest a hole in the world? Yeah. What's that? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got to it yet, but yeah. uh, this is basically all I've heard. Yeah. I mean, have you not read the book? Like I have. I have. My not. charmed, my charmed and tormented life. The guy had a few screws loose, man. He, so like, him, you know, losing his mind in these practices and yeah. basically be screaming all over the place. That's not that. Like, why is that what you grabbed onto of all the characters and all the exaggerations? Why was the Jerry West one what well, turned was, you off? It didn't turn me off, but I, I don't think that that was portrayed exactly true. Yeah, he had his issues. He had depression issues. Um, you know, he, he was always a bridesmaid when it come to playing the Celtics and losing to the Celtics. He actually won an MVP for the Lakers in the, in the NBA Finals on a losing team. <laughs> I just think that was a bit too much out there my my own personal opinion that's all yeah yeah I I never did. i'll have to borrow that book though and read it okay west by west my charmed and tormented life okay <laughs> it's a great now, one man I, I will definitely check that out now i do think the show was good the difference though also and man i know you're going to jump in here the difference between jared and i 100 percent on this i remember those days vividly vividly watching the Celtics and the Lakers go at it. And that was right at the beginning of the Pistons starting to get into the mix as well. I mean, those were, those were, that was a great era of NBA basketball with those three franchises, Pistons, Celtics, and Lakers, you know, and then we had the hometown thing with Magic Johnson. I mean, I remember when he was a sophomore in high school, the hype coming out of Lansing, you know, we talked to, uh, uh, Eric Woodyard about Flint and that dynasty over there. Well, Lansing had a nice little dynasty going there in the Magic Johnson days, the uh, Jay Vincent. Lansing was a little hotbed of basketball there in the late 70s. So I just, I lived that era. So, you know, I, I had a look at it as an enter entertainment movie, but I'm looking forward to like the, uh, the Michael Jordan treatment, you know, where they had the 10 hours of, the documentary on Michael Jordan. I know Magic Johnson's got one coming out. You can't compare the two, but I I, I want to see what they do with that. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to do something like this, like you guys said, with, with the people who produced it and put it together, it needed to be a little embellished because it's not 
the last dance you know the last dance right. was a documentary i mean it was like let's look at what this was when michael jordan was playing and yeah that that will come out for showtime lakers at some point for this this is 100 for entertainment value even if some stuff is embellished a little bit you know you you know that going in you know as long as it's not i guess like too out of control i, I guess but no, I, I do want to get to it at some point. Maybe, maybe when I get HBO because I got to watch Hard Knocks. You know, yeah. when Hard Knocks comes out, or I got to knock all yeah. this out in one two-week free trial or whatever. But yeah, I, I am curious. I, I did hear the opening scene with Magic Johnson is like get grabs you right away. Yeah, they it, didn't. They didn't hide anything, is what I hear. No, it's 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 great. I, I, people people will bitch about anything nowadays. If you if if you're turned off by you know the historical inaccuracies, then go watch another. I believe me. I was a kid who's my dad's favorite player was Larry Bird. I've seen all those boring Larry Bird and Magic Johnson documentaries. <laughs> They'll make your eyes fall out of your head. They're so boring. So believe me, if this isn't for you, you go ahead and go watch those documentaries. I'll freaking send you ten of them myself. Go go to PBS and watch all the Ken God. Burns. Ken Burns is so buttoned up. Bird never gives you anything. Magic is almost like a ten times worse version of LeBron, where everything is you know thought out and centered, and he'll never say anything bad about Larry. So it's like it's yeah. just it's just it is what it is, man. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Well, and I was gonna ask, what's the what's the final? Is it done yet? No, I haven't watched all of it yet. I think I'm five episodes in right now. Yeah, I believe it's either eight or ten episodes. I think we're six episodes. They're releasing one each Sunday night. So yep. still a few more weeks ago. And, and like I've always said, guys, you know, which shouldn't surprise you, Jared, it's it's HBO. So you know it's gonna it, be it's good. probably pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll I'll be curious to hear the final because um one one that I wanted to throw out during this. I did I don't know if Ted, I, I'm curious if you finished uh, Pam and Tommy. We, we oh, talked yeah. about it a lot when it first came out. I so did. I feel like I have to give my final <laughs> <He> assessment. <laughs> we talked about it a lot, you know, so. So wait, did you finish it, Ted? I did, yeah. Okay, so for me, it started out, honestly, I mean, a 10 out of 10. The first few episodes, especially mm-hmm. knowing the story, knowing what it was going to be about, it grabbed me. I was like, this is, this is really entertaining. It did tail off at the end. I mean... Because, you know, like once all the like the exciting stuff happened, then it got into like kind of the behind the scenes business stuff that that went on. It was good. You know, it was interesting, but it definitely it peaked. It climaxed, you know, it, uh, it, so to speak, pre- <laughs> premature ejaculation. It, it first two or three episodes. It was fantastic. Last few. It was like, all right, I got to finish this. I, I got to see how it finishes up. But uh, so I would say like, you know worth the watch if you need something to knock out you know binge over a weekend because they're you know they're short episodes it is entertaining but three-point podcast scale i probably would go like a 2.2 maybe just because because like i said when we talked about it initially kind of like you talking about showtime lakers ted i remember when this stuff was happening mm-hmm. um you know so it was really interesting to me someone like jared who doesn't remember like how big that sex tape was Eh, maybe you're not as interested, but it, right. it was good. I, I definitely go along with your rating there, Matt. I mean, I, I agree. It started off with a bang and uh, it kind of tapered off. I thought the last episode was just blah, you know, yeah. just the way they wrapped it all up. But um, back to the Showtime thing again. One final thing for <laughs> you, Jared. No, I just want to ask you this. Thing. Well, you, you were do- you're dogging on documentaries with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, but I remember you just raving about 
Last Dance. So there's yeah, a place for for documentaries, right? Yeah, The Last Dance was great, but that was because you had a film crew follow Michael Jordan for an entire year. Right. And you, I mean, there's nothing like that of Magic and Bird. We've we've seen the the behind the scenes of Magic and Bird. I've seen the same freaking clip of Larry Bird jogging around the top of like uh, the Celtics <laughs> arena like 50 different times in my life. So I don't need to watch that for the 51st. Uh, no, but no, the last dance was awesome. I, I'm just telling you that, that, that all I've seen all those bird magic. I read the books. I've seen it all. They're, they're not that good. And I don't really think an HBO revamp would, would really solve that problem either. Um, there's not as they they, they, they are more awesome to your time period, Ted. Yeah. I do appreciate like why I can see the, the true like pull of why magic and bird were so awesome. I mean, you had two superstars carrying their teams. They met up in the finals every year. I mean, we got a small taste of that with the Warriors and the, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and those were more of an ensemble cast versus an ensemble cast. But I don't know. It, it was great. I just think maybe it was a little bit oversold for what that generation really was. Like, to, sure. like it, to say it saved the NBA, yes, I get that because the NBA was so horrible before that. But, we, but I, it irritates me when people say it was the golden age of the NBA. I mean, the NBA is better than ever right now. It's making more money than ever. Yeah, it maybe doesn't have the – black versus white you know storyline that 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 was way back in the day but the nba is better than it's ever been so enough of the golden era that you so pleasantly throw out every time we bring it up i think this is this is definitely one we we, we come up with these things that we're always like we could do a whole podcast on this no i think you know it, this is like the whole dream team versus redeem team debate because i think a lot of people look at that era as it's all these legends magic johnson kareem abdul jabbar you know, um, James Worthy, Michael Jordan obviously came in, Isaiah Thomas came in, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish. Like when you start naming off some of these names, people are like, these are legit some of the best players ever. But who knows, maybe in 10, 15, 20 years, people are saying that about Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Maybe people are doing the same thing about this generation. I think too, maybe people stayed on the same teams for so long. You had legitimate rivalries. Now, like you mentioned, the Warriors and the Cavs, that was cool for three years. And then everyone left. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. same with the Heat. The Heat were supposed to, you know, with, with Bosch and LeBron and Wade, they were going to play together, win 20 championships or whatever. And they all bounced and went elsewhere. So, like, people are just all over the place now. Well, part of the thing. golden age comments, too, it, it really, if you look at basketball nowadays, they play the game really how you're supposed to play it. But the thrill factor, seeing – players just clothesline each other back in those days i mean when you've seen some of the film clips i mean it probably just boggles your mind that that actually happened you know i mean and we were right in the middle of it watching it it's probably because back then they they weren't very athletic so that's the only thing they could do (laughs) and it's good for it's good for a little you know (laughs) three minute youtube sizzle reel but what did that really do oh it shortened larry bird's career to the fact where he what played like 10 years maybe at most he did not have a very long career uh shorten everybody's career because of that hard playing style so right. no it, yeah it's cool for the moments and you know it's funny looking back but there's a reason the nba changed your your dog and uh magic and larry i'm sure you I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up highest rated college basketball game ever is still yeah, a 79 right. championship game that's just insane to think about but but that's because of the time. That's what we were talking about with the USFL earlier. You know, there's five channels on. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to be watching the the national championship game when there's nothing else on. But no, yeah. it, I can. I mean, I can see why that that game was such a massive appeal. I mean, 
Indiana State. Undefeated. What the hell? They came from nowhere. So yeah. I, we would get behind that story today if that happened. So, you know, I get why that was so popular. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up this part of the programming, you know, we were on, we were talking about documentaries. I did see one on CNN, a four-parter on LBJ, uh, the, the president after Kennedy. I was amazed on the different things that, that he brought to the forefront that he doesn't get a lot of credit for. He, you know, he, he was in charge of the Clean Air Act. Uh, he was right at the very beginning of the civil rights movement. He passed the Civil Rights Act. Uh, he also created Medicare and Medicaid, but he gets a bad rap for one thing and one thing only, and that was uh, Vietnam. He couldn't figure out how to get out of Vietnam, and it, it, it tainted his legacy. But, you know, if, when you look back in history and you see these documentaries or they get in depth, you know, like Ken Burns, the all-time great documentarian, uh, when you when you learn these things or relearn these things, it's amazing to me. I, I just love documentaries, you know. It doesn't matter the topic. I, I really do get into them. No, the, the historical stuff is definitely interesting because I, I don't know about you guys. Jared, you, your dad was one of my history teachers, so I'm not not saying anything bad. But, you know, like through elementary school, middle school, unless you're like you love history, how much are you really paying attention to history class in elementary? And so, you know, like when you do actually learn about some the history of, you know, the U.S. presidencies and, and stuff like that as an adult you do kind of appreciate it and see, you know, how this country was formed and, you know, where, where some of this stuff came from. Um, I, I think too, like a lot of this stuff maybe isn't taught, you know, you might actually learn some stuff or whatever, yeah. but. Uh, I got one final thing to wrap up with. I mean, Jared, you got a girlfriend, Matt, your wife, you like watching certain shows with them, right? I mean, I'm going to give you a recommendation on one to watch on Hulu. Um, I happen to think two of my favorite comedians are Jim Gaffigan and Amy Schumer. Now, Amy Schumer. Wait, what? <laughs> Amy Schumer is one of your favorite comedians? Yeah, she okay. is. Go look her up on YouTube. Some of her early oh, stuff is really good. Oh, I'm with her work. Okay. Well, anyway, she has a new show on <laughs> She has a new show on Hulu called uh, Life and Beth. And uh, you know who Michael Sarah is, right? Yes. He's a very funny dude. But this is a good show uh, to watch with your significant other. It's funny touching it's very good hulu nice so wait it so is amy schumer is, is she an actress in it and jim gaffigan yeah, she's where an does he come in in? she uh she plays it's basically her life story she her husband is on the autism spectrum and that's who michael Sarah plays and it shows how they get together they're you know it's a, definitely an odd coupling but it works and uh it's very well done and where I, does, I would where definitely does jim give gaffigan that one come in what's that where does Jim Gaffigan come in? He just comes in because I I like him as a comedian. That's all. Oh, all right. That's the only reason. <laughs> well, well I was going to ask you guys. Oh, wait, what? No, who are your favorite comedians? I like Jim Gaffigan, maybe number oh, one. You oh, how you okay? Yeah, how you laid that out was it was like right. Amy Schumer and Jim Gaffigan starring in this show. Oh no, no. So I you like put Gaffigan. your top two comedians are Schumer and Gaffigan. She's two. There are two of them. Yeah. All what's right, wrong with it. what's wrong with them? They they sell out. Yeah, they're good. I like uh, I I actually like Dane Cook back in the day when I was Dane in college. Cook. Dane Cook was here. He obviously he was he was huge. Yeah, he was huge. Um, Chappelle is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, Chris again Rock. that 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 might be a generational thing. Yeah, Chris Rock. 
there you know stand up is kind of tough i don't like people don't really do a whole lot of stand up anymore but you got to watch all the old the old one back in the day you know with sandler and eddie murphy and you know like all those guys right that was kind of the golden age of stand up when you think about oh, we're it, back really. to the golden age what jared what do you have to say what do you have to say <laughs> about that now Everything, everything was the golden. I, and I say it <laughs> hypocritically because I'm sure when I'm your age, I'll probably say the same thing. You know, oh, the the LeBron versus the Warriors finals; those were the golden age of the NBA. And and well, Dave Chappelle, he was the golden age comedian. Then I'll probably sound just as dumb as you do. So. Well, Matt, Matt chimed in. <laughs> Let me put you on the spot, Jared. If you if you were going to go see a comedian, who would you go see? Dave Chappelle, 100. That's what I would agree with. Yes. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. There isn't really a there's no like really stand up comedian. I don't there's no stand up comedians that are my age. I feel like I, you never see them. It's a dying breed. I feel like. I mean, there's yeah. like all the there's like small little like comedy sellers or you know stuff like that. But right, not like back in the day. Yeah. Pete Davidson. <laughs> he's like you're, he's like your age. I think. I think he's like right. thirty five. That's what I mean. So yeah. Probably. All it's right, all you got to get on TikTok to find all that stuff. Yep. That's where it's at nowadays, for sure. Social media. <laughs> all right. Well, let's call it a podcast. Everybody out there listening and uh, watching, follow us at Three Point Pod. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare. Make sure you let all our partners know you listen in and enjoy the program. They include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Memorial Healthcare, of course, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, the Wash of Owasso, and the ALS Association of Michigan. Until next time, so long, everyone. And if you pray, say a few prayers for the Ukrainians. I think they need it. Good luck. See you all later. Bye for now. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.